You're listening to Selfish. This is where we bring self-care and bravery together to encourage you to follow your dreams. Here is your host, your favorite selfish enthusiast, Allie Hembree-Martin. Rochelle Kalina has been a CPA for 10 years and a small business owner for seven. She also runs a profit coaching firm that helps entrepreneurs make the money they deserve. I can't wait for you to hear the great advice she gives to small business owners. Rochelle, thank you so much for joining me today. I'm excited for our conversation. Yeah, thank you for having me. Okay, so first, just let's jump right in and tell us about yourself. Um, so my name is Rochelle Kalina, and I'm a CPA in the Seattle area. Um, I have two different businesses. One is an accounting firm that specializes in um, early childhood education businesses. And then I also have a business coaching practice as well. And so in that practice, um, you are you know, really focused on profit coaching specifically. Um, and so I would just love to just jump right in and get your advice on kind of some common blocks that women have when it comes to money and actually making a profit. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think the biggest block that I usually see is honestly just being afraid to ask for what you, what what somebody else in the market would ask for. Um, there seems to be kind of a stigma with women where they, they kind of feel a little bit awkward asking for like, you know, to be paid what essentially like what a man would be paid in the same marketplace or what, you know, maybe somebody who maybe is just a little bit more bold would be asking for. Um, that really seems to be the, the biggest issue that I see is, is definitely downplaying their worth. Um, and when that happens, you know, they tend to just ask for not enough per hour and then, you know, as the business grows, if they didn't ask for enough upfront, it makes it really hard for them to hire. It makes it really hard for them to add benefits, to add an office, to add all of these things because they didn't ask for enough upfront. Mm-hmm. So you've, you've been a CPA for 10 years now. Tell us, like, what about this world interests you? What made you want to get into this work? It's really about helping people. Um, I started my career um, in the big four accounting firms, you know, uh, basically working on large clients. Um, and then I moved, you know, after that into accounting manager roles at like large multinational corporations. And, you know, it's great to have that kind of knowledge, but, you know, at the end of the day, you kind of have to wonder what you've really accomplished. Um, you know, oh, I sort of moved a piece, a line on a piece of paper and that's about it. Mm -hmm. Um, whereas I feel like, you know, when I started my accounting practice at the, you know, when we first started it, we weren't niched. We were working with a lot of different, um, different types of businesses. And what I just saw was people struggling, um, and, and not understanding how all of the pieces fit together and that for me was a huge um, wake up call, but it was also very rewarding to be able to help people move the needle in the right direction. Mm. 
Now with women in their businesses, what do you find to be the biggest financial mistakes that they're making? Oh, that's a great question. Um, so like I said before, you know, pricing too low, asking for too little, but also I think being afraid to ask for help too. Um, you know, and I don't know that that's necessarily uh, just women, but I know that a lot of people when they're starting their business, they're really nervous about engaging a CPA or engaging a lawyer um, mm -hmm. because they think it's going to be too cost prohibitive. But the truth is, if you have engaged the right lawyer and the right CPA, it's an investment. Like they're not, you know, it, it's not like, you know, a lawyer, they're not billing you $5,000 and you get no benefit. They're probably saving you, you know, $50,000 down the line if something were to happen. Mm. You know what I mean? And, and I think that that is not always 100% understood. Um, I think that they just kind of think of it as like, oh, well, that's a luxury I can't afford. So I'm just going to keep, you know, doing what I do. And, you know, again, we come in two to three years down the road and, you know, there's IRS letters coming and there's, you know, penalties because estimated taxes aren't being taken care of. And, you know, there's lines of credit that haven't been properly addressed and things like that. Um, that if, you know, they had started with having somebody able to provide them with that professional expertise, they, they wouldn't be in that position now. They would probably, again, the amount that you had spent on a CPA or on um, another professional would probably have saved them money in the long run. Yeah, that's a great point. And you're right. I don't think that is really well known in that world because I feel like so many people are kind of like, well, I'll just fake it till I can make it. When, you know, your argument is like, let us help you from the beginning and then you can get there faster. Exactly. You know, it's people are, you know, I think people see marketing very much as the investment that it is, but I feel like there's just something in like the financial and the legal side that just prohibits people from thinking of it as an investment. Mm. So what advice do you have for anybody that's really getting started with a business, you know, and making sure that they set it up right from the beginning. And, you know, maybe that is kind of incorporating self-care into a practice that is something that you can, you know, it's sustainable. It's not um, diving in head first and then like feeling like you're drowning instead of being able to learn how to swim. Oh, for sure. I mean, you know, the story that I always tell is actually the story of how I started my own business, which was completely by mistake. Um, you know, I was working at, like I said, a multinational, you know, corporation, but I wasn't really doing a lot. And, you know, I love to travel. So I thought like, okay, well, I can do a little bookkeeping on the side, maybe some tax returns on the side and make a little extra travel money. And I had no thoughts of it becoming a business. And then within two years, it got to the point where I just had so many clients that I, I essentially had to make the choice. Am I going to quit doing this or am I going to quit my job? And so I decided to quit my job, but because I had not done any real planning on the front end of it, and I had no real plan, it was a mess. 
Like it was a total mess. Like I was working, we got to a point probably about 2017 where I was working 80 hours a week and barely making money. And it was because I hadn't picked, you know, I didn't know who my right clients were. So I was kind of just taking everybody on. Um, And it led to a lot of really, really small clients that, you know, only basically just wanted me to be there to answer questions when they had a question, which, you know, I mean, that's valid, but I also can't have 500 people who have access to me at any given time. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And had I like really been intentional when I started this, had I said like, okay, well, I think this, you know, this is the minimum that I would, I need to accept. And, you know, this is essentially how big I want to get. And this is how many clients I want. And these are how many employees that I'm willing to, to manage. If I had done all of that work in the beginning, I wouldn't have had to do like basically an entire reorganization two years ago. Um, and you know, and it was, it was a lot of work and it was a lot of, you know, definitely clients that I had to let go that were not happy about the situation, but you know, it just wasn't sustainable the way that we were work, we were running. Um, and so that's what I always tell people. I'm like, don't, you know, when you're starting a business, you need to make sure that you have a plan and you, and not just like, okay, well, here's my target client and here's how much I want to make per year, but how big are you willing to go? Because, you know, if you pass that million, if you want to get past that million dollar mark, a lot of times that requires hiring a lot of people. Mm -hmm. And, you know, are you, are you willing to, to manage all of that? Um, So, And I think that's really important from a self-care perspective too, because again, once your business, your business in a way, like some people will say it's not, but the truth is, I think for most, especially women business owners at the beginning, it really is your baby. Mm -hmm. And you're, you have this weird willingness to let it overrun your life. And by having, and by having a set plan at the beginning, you can help to mitigate that as much as possible and say like, okay, if I'm only willing to take X amount of clients and they have to give, you know, they have to be willing to pay this amount that will help you control your time better than kind of just taking what can come and living in sort of that poverty mentality where, you know, you don't know where your next dollar is coming from. So you just take what, what comes, right? That's, totally true. And something that I think so many people do get wrapped up in that cycle of, well, I I mean, I don't know what's going to come down the road. So I should take this because I don't know what, what's the future's going to hold. So it's kind of that, you know, feast or famine mentality. Um, But that's a really good point. And, you know, as soon as you let that practice into your life, it's really hard to back out of it and, and try to not do that. Exactly. Okay. So if there was one thing that our listeners could do after listening to this episode to improve their business, what would that one thing be that you would suggest that they go do? Oh, that's a really good question. I feel like there's obviously like, there's so many answers to this question, but I think the first thing, you know, is one, putting yourself first. And for me, like, 
I am one of those people, like when I start working, I, I just, it's hard for me to turn it off. I just keep going. And so what I've learned about myself is that I have to, if I want to get things done for me, I have to do them in the morning before I even turn on my laptop. And not everybody operates that way, but I think just knowing yourself and knowing your cycles is so important. So for me, like when I get up, I don't immediately start looking at email. Well, I don't even have my, my work email on my phone. That's a definite mm. no. Mm. Um, but I don't even, I don't turn on my laptop. I will, you know, I'll play with the kitties. I will go out onto the hammock and read a book and I'll spend a couple hours just doing what I need to get done for the day for myself before I even start working. Um, but, you know, and then to tack on to that, I think one of my favorite books is a book called um, The Pumpkin Plan by Mike Michalowicz. And it was, a really important book for me. And it talks a lot about how to identify your ideal client um, and what you need to do about your non-ideal clients. And that was a huge for me was having, going through that, being able to work through the exercises, which is exactly how we ended up for my accounting firm, working with, um, early childhood education businesses is we went through the exercise and we found those were our best and our favorite clients. Mm. And that's where we decided to really put our focus. Um, but it also going through those exercises made me a lot more comfortable with being able to say no to the wrong clients and, you know, doing an annual evaluation of my client load and saying, you know, yes, yes, no. And, and making those decisions. I love that because that truly does set the parameters because when you're the boss, you're the one that gets the final say. But if you do a practice like that and you can get it down on paper, then you can really evaluate and kind of hold yourself accountable to that, to that exercise and say, no, this is not aligned with my mission and what I'm looking to achieve. So it's, it's going to be a no. Exactly. So what is your favorite business tool? And this can be an app, a website, like what pops in your head that like you just find yourself loving and feeling like you have to tell the world about? My favorite business tool is Fathom HQ. Um, it is, it's a financial reporting software that connects with both QuickBooks and Zero, And I think it has some other connections, but those are the two that I use it with. And it is amazing. Um, like it shows you things in your financial data that like it would take me hours to get to myself. It has like break even analysis in it. It shows like KPIs and like where you're tracking and very clear, like very clear. So it's like red you know, or green, like <laughs> thumbs up, you know, those kind of things. Um, but what I really also love about it is it has this feature that allows you to kind of play with things. So if you're like, well, what would happen if my sales increased by 5%? And what would happen if I could decrease my fixed costs by another 5%? What would that do to my financials? And it like projects it out for you. 
mm-hmm. which is amazing. And I just, I love it. Like it's, I basically, any client I'm bringing on, I try to sell them on using this system because it really makes our, our meetings go so much better and it's so much easier for them to review. Like literally I give them their, the, the management statement and the first page is like all of like different KPIs with like thumbs up and thumbs down. And it's mm. so easy. <laughs> that's so cool. I love, well, you sold me on it. I mean, that's awesome. Okay. So switching gears a little bit to you personally and with your self-care, what are your favorite ways to be selfish? Oh, I'm, I love to give myself time to read and not just like business books, but like my, what I call my guilty pleasure books, although they really <laughs> shouldn't be guilty pleasures. Um, but I try to find time every day to, like I said, go outside or lay on the couch and read a book. If I have to be in the car all day, then I make sure I have my audibles on. Um, and just, I love listening to stories and, and reading stories. I'm, I'm very much a storyteller. Um, And I would say the other thing that I love to do for self-care is turn off my cell phone at least one day a week. Wow. How do you do that? Talk to us about it. (laughs) Um, I mean, it's, it's just a decision that has to be made. It's usually on Sundays because that's kind of the day that I don't really have a lot going on. And, you know, I inform everybody, you know, that, uh, that I pretty much know that would call me just like, Hey guys, Sundays is kind of the off day. Cell Mm -hmm. phone is off. Like, you know, if you need to, if something, if an emergency happens, quite frankly, you're just going to have to come knock on my door. Mm. (laughs) Um, But it's, it's just really nice to, to turn that off, to not be tempted, you know, cause, oh my God, when I first started doing it, like I was finding myself turning it back on just to like do weird Google searches because my mind would be, you know, wandering, but like Mm. getting, I think that if you can work through it, just like anything else and get to the point where you don't turn it on, it really does help you like master your wandering thoughts, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, for sure. I can see that. And that's, I mean, I'm just really inspired by hearing you say that because it's, you, you have, you set the parameters and then you did it and you just have to stick with it. And like you said, it gets easier and it just becomes more of your routine, but I think we could all benefit from that. So I love that. Yes. Is there anything you wish you could be doing more? Uh, exercising. I do wish I was exercising more. I, um, <laughs> that is the one thing that I do seem to have a hard time finding, finding the extra time for myself. Um, so that is definitely a goal of mine. Um, I know like as I'm getting older, I can definitely feel it more and more when I'm not exercising, like the tiredness and kind of the, the uh, lethargy that goes along with it. So that's definitely on my list of things to like improve for this year. I'm with you. I'm with you on that. All right. What is next for Rochelle? Oh, honestly, just keeping plugging away. Um, You know, I, my, I think my next goal is really more around course creation, whether that's, you know, pre recorded courses or live webinars. Um, I love 
Um, I love putting knowledge out there. Um, obviously, as an accountant, a lot of what I find interesting, a lot of people don't find interesting. So it's a little <laughs> bit tough sometimes to find the right topic. Um, but I think that we're getting there. And I think that's going to be my next step. Well, I am so grateful that you shared your knowledge with us because you gave some really good tidbits and um, you inspired me to turn my cell phone off one day a week. <laughs> I mean, it sounds so simple, but yet I know it is tough. Um, so that was, that's great. And um, I'm definitely going to be checking out um, Phantom HQ. Um, but you know, thank you so much, Rochelle, for um, talking with us today and um, look forward to um, keeping in touch in the future. Great. Thank you so much. Like what you just heard? Visit us at SelfishThePodcast.com. Subscribe and leave a review on iTunes today.